Greed. Jory, what is greed? Um, a, a mini-boss in The Binding of Isaac. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was that thing that got us into the situation we are now in the world. Oh, that sorry. That too. Okay. <laughs> uh, oops. What, what, a, what a name. What a name they chose, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a a pretty a pretty bad one, but not the worst pay per view name we've ever covered on this show. We're back another episode of CWFP. It's been a while, but the world's been crazy, and we haven't been watching. Well, I haven't been watching a whole lot of wrestling because I don't like crowdless wrestling. It's not good. Yeah, uh, I I wa- I didn't watch a uh, horror show at Extreme Rules that just happened, but I've watched yeah. like every wwe pay-per-view and i also watch double or nothing um and i've watched some nxt but for the most part it just like cool stuff happens and then it just feels bad because like keith lee winning two titles being the first person in nxt Mm -hmm. to hold both singles titles even though one of those has only existed for two years yeah or like io shirai winning like that stuff would be cool when they have the streamers but crowd should be going nuts like it makes it makes even crazy endings just feel like it falls flat. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I've kind of avoided it because it's just like it's real remindful if that's a word. It's like the returnal, not a word, but I'm going to use it anyway. It's remindful. <laughs> uh, uh, sure, whatever. Of what's going on in the world, and I don't want to be reminded of the fact that people can't be in. Uh, in arenas to watch wrestling right now because i already know that i can't go do stuff so i'm just not gonna watch that and it's also just not fun to watch in this capacity so not not gonna do that but instead we're gonna talk about the final w world championship wrestling pay-per-view in from the jacksonville memorial coliseum on march 18th 2001 it's wcw greed all right, so this is some information I wanted to go over. Okay. Before, to like qualify it. So, like, you pulled up the, you have the page match, which I didn't know they had buy rate on there, which is good to know. Yeah, I'd um, never had seen a page for a pay per view before. It's kind of hard to find. No, not really. Never mind. Okay, th- this is cool. This is cool. So, like, uh, one thing is it had an attendance of 5,030. And since it's a wrestling event, they probably worked those numbers a little bit. I do know with WCW's, like, final days. They were just giving out tickets and peop- and like just like to fill seats so the arena wouldn't look empty. Um, I I bet that happened with this. It was pretty full. I doubt that many people wanted to go to a WCW yeah. thing in the people March who of were ringside and had signs were the ones who wanted to go. The people yep. like far back, there's like something to do. But the Jacksonville yeah. Coliseum has a capacity of ten thousand two hundred seventy six. Oh, it, uh, it was demolished two years later. But um, oh. I looked up to see what played there, and it was like BC level uh, professional sports. Like nothing wrong with that. It was just like arena football teams, like uh, kind of like how we have the Rapsy Rush here, like that kind of hockey league. Oh, you go okay. there, like smaller basketball, leagues like amateur like stepping stone leagues yeah. for things. Okay, yeah, like that's usually what would be there. Okay. Um, and apparently, oh, this is cool. It also hosted um a '92 WCW pay-per-view, Wrestle War 1992. Mm, okay. Games. So, the year before, 
and it says the buy rate is it says relative says 0.1 so that's about 100,000 buys that sounds accurate yeah. for the time um the year before was WCW Uncensored 2000 which had an attendance of 11,000 it was in the American Airlines Arena Miami Florida it's a much bigger arena yeah uh still didn't have a great buy rate it says 0.13 um that one had uh was headlined by Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair um which you know you'd think uh the world heavyweight title match would take the place of that but it didn't um and it looks like that card wasn't great uh but what i want i also wanted to compare to was what WWF pay-per-view happened around this time? WrestleMania X7 was considered to be the best WrestleMania, best WWE pay-per-view of all time for most people. Um, happened like two weeks later. So, <laughs> uh, not going to talk about that one. But the yeah. previous WWE pay-per-view was WWF No Way Out in 2001, February 25th. Uh, it was at the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas, Nevada had an attendance of 15,223 people with a buy rate 1.6. So maybe that's not a million because I'm not sure. I wish I knew how I could find. I'm going to see if I can actually find buy rates real quick. Okay. So um, the estimate for WCW Greed is 50,000. Oh, so it might have just been one of those weird things where the metric couldn't put, like, 0.05 or the little, like, thing that recorded it. Yeah, so that's, like, 0.1 is the lowest it would go, and if it's that, you know you're in trouble. Something like that, potentially. Yeah, okay. That's bad. 50,000 people. I wonder how much it was. I'm sure it was, like, 40 bucks, 30 bucks. Uh, No Way Out, I I found a a website that has this load. It had 590,000. And especially think about this. You're watching w- you, you watch both or like you have some system where you, you catch whatever wrestling you can. You watch at least all the pay-per-views because they're never overlapping. And you've seen the state WCW is in. You just watch No Way Out. WrestleMania is in like two weeks. Vince McMahon is going to fight his son. Um, <laughs> uh, Stone Cold and The Rock are going to headline the event. Uh, another TLC match. Like... You just think, fuck it. I I'm not gonna buy the WCW pay per view. I'm just gonna get more beer. Uh, like, unless you unless you were f- wealthy, unless yeah. you had enough money to where you were like, yeah, I can spare that forty bucks. You're probably sitting there and going like, I don't I don't really need to watch Steiner versus DDP. I can wait. I can wait to see what happens on Nitro and save the money. To go, you know what? That money is going to be food on WrestleMania weekend because I already got the money for WrestleMania set aside. You know, that's probably some sort of line of thinking that was happening at that point. And can you blame them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, WWF No Way Out featured um, Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, and X-Pac for the Intercontinental title. It featured Triple H versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in the three stages of a hell match. Okay. Uh, a WWF tag team title triple threat tables match between the Dudleys, Christian Edge, and then Kane and the Undertaker. Oh, my goodness. It was headlined by The Rock versus Kurt Angle for the WWF World Heavyweight title. Now, 
You tell me. <laughs> Which I just watched that. I I see what's going on with uh, WCW, and I'm like, I don't. It's like what's I'll just find out what happens the next day. Like, or like I'll call my friend who who I know is like, who might buy if I know someone who might buy it. I'm not. I might not even like go over to his house. Hey, this hey, is you, this is 2001. I might just look it up online. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> just go over to my computer and log into AOL and be like, did 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 DDP win? No. Okay. Money well not spent. So, what the hell is a three stages of hell match? Um, those are like one of those like giant cages that they like climb up all around in. I think that that match was almost forty minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's insane. <laughs> you get Stone Cold Steve Austin go forty minutes in two thousand one. That's it. That's one of his last ones. You're not getting much more out of him at that point. Take that by comparison. None of the matches on WCW went over 15, 15 minutes. Yeah, longest one was the main event at fourteen fourteen. Okay, right. let's get, let's dig into the card. Um, so first, the first match was Jason mm-hmm. Jet versus Kui Wee. Um, <laughs> who? Yeah, Kui Wee. He um, has he has a goofy name. He has a goofy um, name. He has goofy hair. His hair looks like. If Hulk Hogan took the the back locks and like put a bunch of like hairspray in it so it stood straight up. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what his hair looks like. I don't want to dig too much on the man's like appearance because his 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 performance in the ring was pretty great. God, but- this match was this match was too good to ju- this should have like looking at this card seeing how long the event was. This sh- this should have been whatever the- the dark match was like this was a yeah. match to pad out the card. Like they even said that Kiwi wasn't scheduled to be at be on the pay per view, but something happened and they needed to put him in. Yeah, this was this was like the modern WWE pay per view pre show match, but it was much better than those. How long yeah. did this one go on for? It went on for twelve minutes and seventeen seconds. That's probably why it was better because they actually got to do stuff. But I want to I want to give a shout out to Kiwi's. Um, to some of Kiwi's uh, other other alter egos in the ring, some of his other names include Alan Funk, <laughs> Chichi, Funkster, Queen Harad, and Triple A. <laughs> so, hell yeah, it, good at naming his characters. Very good. Uh, so. I wasn't expecting. I wasn't. I haven't seen either of these guys. I've heard the name Kui Wee because uh, a friend, friend of mine, a former professional wrestler, Rob Matter. Uh, I, he's mentioned Kui Wee before, and I sent him a Snapchat saying I was watching the uh, <laughs> final WCW pay per view, and he's like, "If that's the match I'm thinking of, that match is actually really good." <laughs> and it was. It was yeah. really good. This this was fantastic. Um, I took a little bit of notes for this one because I wanted to not forget like yeah that's fair things. i, I should have done the same i'm bad at taking notes for things so i don't usually do it so yeah just like the two two things i wanted to highlight were both from jason jet when he did like that guillotine drop kick in the corner that was really good 
And then that like 180 DDT when he like jumped up on the apron and like flipped back to do a DDT. That was yeah. What the fuck was that? That was yeah. incredible. They, Jason Jet is like incredibly athletic. He stopped wrestling in 2003. It says, but I would have really liked to see more of him. And looking at him is one of those guys where it's like. Vince probably just looked at him and went, muscly dude. How come we didn't see more of him, you know? Like, maybe he wrestled yeah. for WWE, but... Well, it looks like he's wrestled a couple of, of like, one-off appearances, but... Nothing, oh, okay, yeah. Nothing big. He wrestled uh, EC3 at, like, an indie show for the TNA World title. <laughs> okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But... This is just like this is a good way to start off the show, like get people like excited, like Yeah. Um Did this did this have like on the network where we watched it, did this did you feel like it had like pumped in crowd noise for some of the entrances? Um There's something yeah. I want to talk about for the network does make changes to some pay per views and I'll uh, when it becomes most apparent I'll bring it up. But I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. Okay. <laughs> But um, the thing with this is uh, WCW did that a lot of the times. They would pump in oh, crowd noise. Um, okay. After they fucked up Goldberg, they would pump in Goldberg chants because people didn't want to cheer for Goldberg anymore. They would... Oh. Yeah. So, like, wow. People would be going, Goldberg, like, they'd be pumping that. That in was sometimes. pumped in. Okay. Wow. So the whole thing is a lie. Good. Good. Thank <laughs> well, you. Well, like, I don't think they did at first, but, like, <laughs> after a certain point, like, people just like gave up on it because they're just doing stupid shit and then yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so i i wouldn't be surprised if they pumped in crowd noise especially because like that crowd was besides people who were ringside everyone else was just like bored yeah all the hard cam people seemed pretty interested yeah not a whole lot other attendees were into the show uh until later in the card really yeah. like the last two or three matches also, I know that's just like how it is, but something that was always distracting me was seeing some like uh, an arena like employee walking around with like cotton candy in like the hard cam area, and it's like, yeah, figure something else out, please. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Jason Jets, his like he he did his finisher, which is named after what I assume is his favorite. Uh, Sega arcade game, The Afterburner. Yeah, and which was like a a flop. They call it something, but it's just like a, a suplex where you just like threw him and flipped him in the air. Okay, so the the like Hurkin run a spot on the top rope. Oh Did yeah, that scared the shit crazy. out of you. Yes, I forgot about that. I'm glad you brought that up. That was Fuck. that was crazy. Like, <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that was like it was like they both kind of like fumbled a little bit of something and it turned into like a bigger fumble but they were both okay yeah that was they, they, really, really good like, they it, nailed it, <laughs> most of it but that one was just like ah i just i like th this match shows like the little bit of good that vince russo and tried to do um would, and i imagine he probably got turned down sometimes in wwe when he was working for wwf and that, like, uh, was 
kind of started also by Eric Bischoff, is where they would try to actually make stars out of smaller guys. Not only smaller in, like, size, but, but like, where they're at on the card. Like, they'd give them enough time to do stuff. That's something WCW always did. Something Vince Russo took pride in doing. He, like, he, he gives himself credit for making Booker T a star, which, I mean... Uh, who the fuck else is going to be the star when no one else is showing up? Like, I'm not going to give him the full credit for that. Mm-hmm. But, like, they actually try, they, like, try to, like, help other people out. Like, the, small, the like, lower guys out. And that's good. That's what this match was. Th- these guys both showed off. And it was really interesting. Yeah. I I had a good time watching the first match. Um, it's It's one of those, like... It's one of those like fast-paced matches where it's just kind of like put it all out there because you know you're an undercarder, so just show what you have. And I think they both did a good job. I, I don't think either of them went on to ever like do anything crazy, but it doesn't matter because this match is immortalized in a pay-per-view that guys like us are gonna watch and go, "Cool, this was a bad situation, but they made the most of it." <laughs> yeah. And what a better way to follow that up. With the introduction of new tag team titles, when your company is sinking, what a fantastic! That'll save us. That'll like save two us. Two weeks before the company folds. That'll I save mean, us. Um, this uh, I wanna I wanna point out what the um, who what the uh, tournament bracket was, so. Um, there was the Young Dragons, which are Yin Yang and, and Kaz Hayashi, mm-hmm. against Mike Sanders and Kiwi for okay. for a match, and they the Young Dragons won that one. Um, there was the Filthy Animals, which is Kidman and Rey Mysterio Jr., who beat Johnny Swinger and Jason Lee, both names I don't recognize. Um, three Count, which was uh, Evan Karagias and Shannon Moore, uh... Shane Helms, the Hurricane, was a part of that group at one point, which they were a boy band themed, which if you were confused by uh, what was going on with Shane Helms during his entrance, that's the answer. He was like a boy band type thing. Um, And they they went against Jason B and Scotty O, which Jason B is uh, Jason Jett. But the one I saved for last is Kid Romeo and Elix Skipper, the... One half of this match, they went against Air Raid, which was Air Paris and Air Styles. Now, who else do you huh? know of in the wrestling world who is basically uh-huh. a cruiserweight knit with the last name Styles? What? The AJ Styles wrestled Holy on w- sh- for WCW Nitro, like on WCW Nitro. He worked for WCW for just a little bit before it went under. Air Styles, what a what a bad name. That is. That's awesome. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad you looked into that so we could... Because yeah, I heard I, them say Styles, and I was like, my, my my eyes widened, I was like, there's no way. <laughs> I, I must have just, that must have just, like, went right of whoosh. Because, like, I didn't hear that, but I knew he worked there. And this can't be one of those things where you're like, you know, how come they didn't pick Styles? Because like, no one knew who he was yet, right? Like, Yeah, absolutely. It's like, what, WWE loves to do the thing where they missed out on AJ Styles, but it's like... From their perspective, um, for what they had, especially when you have 
like Stone Cold and The Rock and stuff. That's not the style you want. Like it sucks. I'm not. I don't want to give. Be like they, they made the good choice, but it's like I I see from their bad perspective yeah, I, where they did it. Like he's the guy who flies and stuff. They don't give a shit about that. And also, I, no one knows who the fuck he is. Exactly. Like, At the time, guys who did who were doing aerial stuff were more like relegated to tag team divisions, and like the hardcore division. And it's. <laughs> Almost better that it didn't work out immediately for him, and he yeah. went to TNA to make a name for himself. He because now he's one of the big, yeah. Now he's one of he's the like a top five wrestler worldwide. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team Title Match, the the tournament final between Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo. Elix Skipper also goes by Prime Time. I didn't even know his name was Elix Skipper because they kept saying <laughs> Prime Time the whole oh, yeah. broadcast. <laughs> Uh, versus Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio Jr., who is maskless. Yeah, um, Rey Mysterio lost his mask against Scott Hall and Kevin Nash in a throwaway match. Yeah, it was, uh, it was just like it in just an episode of, uh, Nitro. Okay. Yeah, good idea to take the mask off of him. Okay, yeah, it was no, it was that Super Brawl 9 because it says in 1999 after the two factions of NWO reformed, they demanded the LWO, I think it was like Latino World Order, disband. Mysterio refused to take off his LWO colors and was attacked by the NWO as a result. This led to a match at Super Bowl 9 where Mysterio and tag partner Kone and lots of the hair versus mask match against Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, two men that are like stacked on top of each other like 600 pounds and mm-hmm. like, like much bigger than the two people they're facing tall, forcing Mysterio to remove his mask after the match he phoned his uncle to tell him the news Mysterio has publicly expressed his disappointment over being unmasked I would be too and I also know because like before he redebuted with WWE when they took the junior off his name he he like went to a commission in Mexico to be like hey what happened to me sucked and was bullshit. You guys can see that, right? The company's not around anymore. Can I have my mask back? Yeah. Because I, I know that the mask is, like, a very important thing in, in, in like, the lucha culture. That, like, mm-hmm. if you take it off... That's why, like, uh, Andrade Almas, like, he he doesn't wear it anymore because he took it off. Mm-hmm. And will he ever go back to wearing it? Probably not with WWE, but... uh. Uh, maybe it was his own choice, but like, yeah, it's it's a really big thing when you take your mask off. That's a that's a very big mm-hmm. thing, and they kind of forced him to do it for yeah. a bad reason. But uh, did you hear the com- on commentary? Like, what a lot of people are saying he's gotten he's only gotten better since he lost the mask. Yeah, that's that's why fuck I'm bringing you. it up so much. It's 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 just bullshit. It's just, I was just a, saying we fuck fucked you up to the TV. Like, we that's... we fucked up and no people are mad about this. So we're gonna hammer home that it's okay that we did it. Please think it's okay that we did it. So uh, it's not. What did you think of this match? Um, it was okay. Yeah, <laughs> I I didn't. I didn't find it particularly crazy. It definitely seemed like WCW Cruiserweights post Malenko, Benoit, and Guerrero. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Billy Kidman is a name I've heard a lot, but I haven't watched a lot of Billy Kidman's matches. He was involved in the Viagrana Pole match. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, this was about um, six months removed. Six months after. Okay, so they were... It seems like maybe they were trying to do more serious things because they're... 
there wasn't too much that was just like flat out stupid during this. There were yeah. things that were bad, but there there weren't things that were just like the, the, here here's a ridiculous gimmick that you'll never see anyone anywhere else because it's just so bad. Yeah, this like um, when, once we finish up this pay per view, I have, I have some thoughts that like I could see what they were doing with this. But um, the only thing that really bothered me with this match is the pointless like ref distraction spot that didn't have anything of a payoff. Yeah, like it showed that uh, Prime Time and Kid Romeo, who just looks like a a normal sized The Rock, um, <laughs> he just looks like Dwayne Johnson, but but like. 510 and and like just fit instead of muscly like <laughs> but <laughs> they just it just showed that their heels like it didn't accomplish anything for the match like the match still went for like quite a bit afterwards um and like like the on commentary thing i don't think the ref saw the tag it's like the tag is not legal like that's <laughs> how that works right <laughs> yeah pretty sure I also know that at some point in WCW, they're being loose with the rules, which is why there's the low blow shot. In uh, the middle of a match later that the ref was looking at, and then another one? Yeah, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the ending of this match was nuts, though. But uh, the thing that I, I was just hoping for is I was just hoping for someone to just stumble into the ropes. Because <laughs> I don't know what Rey Mysterio started doing the 619 but I was just hoping it's just been something that's been happening for 20 years as people are just magnetically drawn to the ropes. Yeah, maybe maybe it was post-WCW, but I was waiting for it too. Um, we didn't get it, and the, the ending of the match was... I don't know. I, I guess they were going to go for something, and they did on the last episode, right? Of Nitro, which what was, was they they the had so here they had Primetime and Kid Romeo win, and they were going for something which was a back and forth for these titles because they had four good cruiserweights or more than that before Absolutely, they were willing yeah. to put into this, and, and and then I guess on the last episode of Nitro, uh, Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio won. The cruiserweight tag titles. Yeah, so it it just seems like they were going for something. It's shocking to see Rey Mysterio not win this at that time, but like they were on such the it was just so like high and dry that what does it what does it matter, right? Like just we're gonna do our we're gonna go out there. It's like it's like a it's like a sports franchise at the end of a bad season. Just go out there and play. Who cares? You know, just put it all on the field. Okay, they won number one contendership and then they uh they won later in the night. <laughs> okay. Alright. That's kind of an exciting thing to have on your broadcast, I guess. Yeah. Um I really liked that ending though. How like clean so it was cool seeing Kid Romeo catch Ramesu Jr. Yeah. But the way he dropped him, whoo, oh, that looked that looked yeah. bad. I feel yeah. bad for that man's neck. That that final that final move was pretty was pretty good. I'll, I will I will agree with that. That, yeah. that final move was pretty dope. All four of these men uh, can go. Yeah. Um, yep. Prime time and Kid Romeo didn't really do much after. Um, it looks like Kid Romeo just kind of like quit wrestling pretty soon after like he went back to 
he's like made small appearances on stuff, but uh, in prime time, he did he had some success in, with like TNA, but he uh, okay. He, he's like a, a guy there. Um, he he won some tag titles with TNA in its early years and stuff. He's but, trained by the Power Plant. Yeah, that's what he's a uh, homegrown guy. Yeah, a lot of these guys are homegrown. I think that's also uh, later with uh, the tag team match. Um, mm-hmm. The champions, they said those are power plant guys. Yeah, and those guys look pretty good. We'll talk about them. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about the next match now. Just a singles match between Bam Bam Bigelow and Sean Stasiak. But Sean Stasiak has a manager of sorts. Jory, who's that? Stacy Keebler. I, I remember you telling me a couple months ago that she was a WCW holdover. She also she started out as a Nitro Girl. If you remember what the Nitro Girls were. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. She when she was a Nitro Girl, she must have been like eighteen years old. Yeah, because she was twenty two. Yeah. When this happened. Yeah. That's okay. Cool. Um. I know she like. I can't. I was watching something, and she was talking about how she got her start. Oh, it was um a table for three. She was on where she was talking about how she got into the world of wrestling, and her like boyfriend out of high school just loved wrestling, so she just like went to events with him, <laughs> and like there's like a tryout thing. He's like, "You're hot. You should go do that." <laughs> <laughs> well, bye. I'll never see you again. Bye. Yeah. Uh, she, with WCW, I know she had an angle where she was dating David Flair, Ric Flair's, um, okay, talented son. Uh, okay. <laughs> and she was, like, pregnant with his kid. And there's, what like, the f- she wrestled a match and there's some very not great match, like, booking and storyline stuff around that because, uh, WCW and Vince Russo. Um, but... Uh, also, what I, she's known for is uh, taking an RKO. <laughs> oh, yeah. People sure like that uh, gif nowadays, don't they? <laughs> I do think it's funny. <laughs> like, I, I like uh, what it's the... Um, in reverse, it's like a man picks <laughs> up his girlfriend and gives her a kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, a friend of mine who I watch wrestling with sometimes, she sent me the gift once. She's like, who are these people? Why did this happen? Um, so, Sean Stasiak, who looks like um, uh, a very tall, buff Drake Maverick. Like, yes. Both, I was going to say both- he looks like a mannequin. <laughs> he of. does too. He looks like a buff mannequin. They both do this thing with their mouth, like with like their jaw that looks similar. Like they just have like a crooked jaw, kind of. Um, that I just I noticed, and I was like, he just looks like Drake Maverick. But Sean Stasiak is doing a very like common heel thing, and it's not bad, honestly. Like his he he does like a promo thing beforehand. Uh, if this was on like an episode of Nitro, I think it's good. But I feel like. Promo yeah. segments on pay-per-views feel weird. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Do you think that the promo segments on night or not on Nitro, excuse me, during a pay-per-view, during WCW Greed have something to do with a like we're not sure if they watched the actual show in the lead up to this. Let's tell them what is happening or like a Yes. 
Okay, that's and what I was thinking it might have been. We, we need to fill time. Yeah, because this, this show was two hours and 52 minutes long. So, I don't know if, like, pay-per-view slots are premium, and if you have to, like, pay specifically to have more time on the, on the, on the like, lineup, um, or... So, I know you pay for a certain amount of time, and okay, so I know if you go over that time, they just cut the feed. That's what happened with Halloween Havoc, with uh, Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior, I'm pretty sure, where... The mat, it just cut off mid-match because they both suck. Because, uh, <laughs> like, the show just ran long because Hogan was demanding that I, I'm going to headline, brother. And, like, they had all this other stuff that it was just, you know, backstage politics bullshit that... Hogan is just, known for. That's just... feels like it just plagued the industry from just a lot of people for a long time. Yeah, man. I, hey, look, I'm a draw. I should do this. Yeah. Which, is, which is bullshit. Uh, you should just show up see what the card is and if someone tells you something's going to change then do it because yeah. those that's those people's jobs your job is to work it's not that you can't have input that's not what i'm saying i don't want to seem like yeah. someone's like wrestlers shouldn't say what what they should do they should they should have you know input if they want to be heard but this is way more of just like i'm the top man i should get the top man spot yeah so if, so if that cuts off you just don't see what happens you just wait until nitro yep. right um, so, funny thing with that is the next night on Nitro, they played that match, and people who bought it were pissed, because they paid however much money, and they just fucking showed the match on Probably, PT. yeah, probably like 60 bucks back then, because that yeah. was, I'm assuming this is when WCW was kind of big. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's messed up. So they probably, for this one at least, they, they probably bought three, three hours. hours, and then they got two hours and 51 minutes. You gotta make the most of it, so have people go out and cut promos. Yeah. And okay. What Sean Sezak is doing? He's a he's a heel. He's got he's he's got a he's got a really good body. The man's fucking huge. Yeah, he's like, jacked. I've heard a lot of people say that like he could have been real big. Like he was a pretty he, solid wrestler, and he was he had like a his, great body. His dad was a WWF champion. Oh, that's mm-hmm. where like pedigree. He's a, okay, he's a yeah. second generation guy. Right, um, yeah. so he had the pedigree. But um, what I I think an issue that they saw is like charisma which is a problem that like a lot of guys just have and you can kind of see that here um, his his gimmick isn't good the the, yeah. the the mecca of manhood like that's not good yeah i don't i don't th- like i don't know what you could put him in i haven't seen a lot of him in but i don't think he'll who who's like he, he was what he's he's doing good with what he was given with but I, I don't know the guy well enough to like say what i think would be good for him yeah but Heel who just, who thinks he's like perfect, phys- like a perfect physical specimen. Yeah, I think the only time it works for me is if it's someone like Scott Steiner. Like, yeah, it's, the, the, what it's the, so, what it's absurd. Like when I look at Sean Stasiak, I don't need him to tell me. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't even really make me mad that he's telling me that he's fit. I'm just like, I know, man. Like, yeah, but it works him, for like, me too in the in the sense of like, is it Chris Masters? That was a little bit of a different thing, but the Master Lock. Oh, I hated that guy. Was his name Chris? <laughs> I went, oh. Yeah, that was Chris Masters. Okay, yeah. The, oh my, I, and I loved to hate him because he was just no one can get out of the master lock and I'd be like no no this guy's gonna be able to get out of it and then he'd submit to the master lock and I'm like what? fuck dude come on someone's gonna stop this guy he's such a dick yeah that's that. I think Stasiak gives off similar vibes that it's just like we know you're big and good 
Yeah. But the the thing I liked is when when Stacey Keebler said that there's like pictures that they're gonna show, I thought they were gonna pull it up on like the Titan Tron. Is that what you thought they were gonna do? Yeah, and then I, I realized they didn't do that back then. Yeah, yeah, like they did because they didn't even show like the backstage shit to them probably, which I have to talk about one of those after this match. We'll we'll talk about those when they because they relate to two different matches. We'll just talk about the because one of them is stuff with Buff Bagwell and the other is um with the Rhodeses and okay. Well, I'll, uh, I will hold it then because yeah, that we one should just is... do it when it when it relates to those matches. Okay, you know. Sometimes wrestling is just a Saturday morning cartoon. And a very fucking funny one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Sean Stasiak had, like, had a confrontation with Bam Bam Bigelow, because Bam Bam Bigelow's a, a big, big dude. He's fat, yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a large man. <laughs> and that's what Sean Stasiak was doing. He's, he doesn't want fat people in wrestling, basically. <laughs> But it's like tossing out, like angrily tossing the pictures at people in the crowd is really funny. Do you think anyone has any of those still? Any of the people that were there? There's got to be at least one or two people who still have them. If that, did you see, did you see on hard cam the the black guy wearing the American flag bandana on his head? That guy, wrestling was still real to him. Yes, and I hope (laughs) that guy got one of those pictures because he definitely still has it. I want to, I'm going to take like a screenshot of him and put it on Twitter and be like, does anyone know where this guy is? I want to talk to this fucking guy. Like, he was into everything and that that guy was awesome. Yeah, yeah, he he was like John with uh, Rick Steiner during that match. Yeah. It was was so, that guy made the pay-per-view better. Like, that's, that's, that's a guy who, I'm glad he was there. Like, oh, like anyone with the signs, I really liked a lot of the signs that they had. Yeah, um, Lex Loser, those are good. <laughs> I feel the same way as that. Yep. Sign. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Sean Stasiak, uh, like Bam Bam Bigel was like, "All right, I'm tired of your shit. I'm gonna come out to the match." And then Sean Stasiak did like the thing you'd expect. It's like a, he has like a mixture of like Dolph Ziggler and like dashing Cody Rhodes, where like he doesn't want to get hit. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. he's he's full of himself, but he doesn't want to get hit, so he's like ducking back through the ropes and stuff. And like when Bam Bam Bigelow finally gets his hands on him, he's just getting the shit kicked out of him. And Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, I feel like this is something you probably told me about. He was one of those stiff guys, right? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, and you can tell in this match because Sean Stasiak is beating the shit out of him. Like he. He he was he was stiff and he wanted to take shots too to for like the realism of the match, yeah. which makes sense. I I get that, but there are times when Stasiak is like actually punching him in the head in this match, and Bigelow's just like, "Cool, I'm just gonna take it. Just, I'm selling that shit." It's like, okay, man, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's cool to see a stiff match. Uh, in that in in that in that time period. Uh, you, was there anything specific otherwise that came up about this match that you'd like to talk about? Because I thought this match was pretty cool. Just I like Bam Bam Bigelow. Okay, what, what, how how did that ending go? Um, Stacy Keebler like distract the ref, and yeah. she's she's like messing with her hair, so I thought she was gonna be like, "Hey, Bam <laughs> Bam Bigelow and ref, look at a pretty lady. I'm hot." And then Bam Bam was like, "What the fuck are you doing, ref?" So he like gets the ref's attention, and she like. That's what I was like. This is stupid. And then when Bam Bam Bigelow got the ref's attention and she tossed the hairspray to him, I was like, "That's that's pretty good." And yeah. he uses the hairspray on him and 
gets the pin. I think how badly they sold the hairspray felt a little silly, but um, it's a sneaky heel way to win. It's a solid idea. They just kind of executed it in a very messy way. Yep. That's and, that's uh, that's really all that I'll, I have to say. Like it's a it's a cool idea to end it that way and have Stacy be like the X factor that Stasiak has. He's the mecca of manhood. Not really because a woman helps him win, which is yeah. evident after the pin and he dips Stacy and kisses her and then Stacy reverses the dip and dips him and kisses him and the crowd's like, yeah. oh, that was funny. Like, it's, a, it's yeah. it was a good dynamic. <laughs> I had a good time watching those two. So the next night on Nitro, Bam Bam Bigelow defeats Sean Stasiak minute 44 seconds. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> at least he got his revenge yeah fuck it yeah. we only got like one show left after this who cares okay yeah that was it feels like a match you put on before you crown the new cruiserweight tag team champions right it does but you got to stick the small guys at the beginning of the show yeah because small guys are boring speaking of big guys we got another tag team match coming up it's not the tag titles but it is uh, just just a, just a normal tag team match between Lance Storm and Mike Awesome, Team Canada, which I'm pretty sure they got to go on doing this gimmick in TNA. Yeah, against... and they uh, they tried to do this. They tried to do some stuff in uh, WWE, but Vince McMahon hates Lance Storm. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. And Lance Storm, let me say this: Lance Storm is fucking awesome. Like he's a really cool and smart guy. That if you like wrestling, you should go follow him on Twitter right now. <laughs> He is a very good dude. He did fuck over my friend, though. <laughs> okay. Well, that's not that part's not good. But like, yeah. what I mean by he's a good dude is like he yeah. <laughs> he like has good beliefs. I guess I don't know yeah. him personally, and if you know he did fuck someone over, fuck him for that. That's not good. But like, he's he's not like low key going. Don't wear a mask, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, he's a. The, so, are you aware of when Lance Storm held like? Every single belt that wasn't the main card belt in w- WCW. No, when did that he happen? Had, he had the US title, he had the tag titles, he had the hardcore title, and he would, let me find a picture. He would just come out fucking draped in gold, and he renamed the US on? title to the Canadian title. The Canadian title. title. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. I like that. Landstorm is a great dude, except not. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I get. He, does, he seems like he's. He does a uh, like. In in the wrestling world, he seems smart and he's he's good worker yeah. and stuff. Like that's like a, a personal thing. That's like I don't know. Hopefully, he hasn't done that to more people. <laughs> y- y- you hope, yeah. Just sent you two pictures. <laughs> you just like <laughs> it's just a pasted Canadian flag <laughs> over all the belts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, that's like, awesome! You just come out like, uh, so yeah. He had, let's see, yeah, he had the cruiserweight <laughs> championship, the hardcore championship, and the United States championship. So, and he renamed them to uh, the Saskatchewan International Hardcore Championship. Sure, the, the Canadian Heavyweight Championship, yep, and but- the really funny one. 100 kilos and under championship. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. When did this happen? Is this like 99, 2000? Yeah, late WCW. Okay, that's cool. He does does good like foreign heel work. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and it's, it's... 
they're not even really that foreign, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, they're Canadian. <laughs> I, I do like the idea of just like pompous Canadian stuff. Like, I've always thought yeah. that that's pretty funny, and that's you know that's what he you know, that's what he does. Here's <laughs> we should uh we should turn annoying British person on Twitter into a into a heel wrestler. You know where it's like, haha, British person say word funny. Random British person on Twitter. Yeah, well, good luck getting healthcare after a school shooting. Fuck you. <laughs> That's a good idea for for a wrestling character. I I um I've been seeing a lot of interesting takes on British people online over the last couple of days. I'm not sure where this because this is a total aside right now. I'm not sure where that's coming from. It's funny on a podcast I was listening to earlier. Uh, they referred to like uh, the UK as the British Isles. And he he followed that up with, I people shouldn't call it the British Isles because it erases the uh, the oppression that like Irish and Scottish and like Welsh people have felt under the British Empire for a long time. But also, I'm gonna do that as to like poke the bear and hope they finally rise up and do something to them. So until you do something about it, I'm gonna keep calling it the British Isles. <laughs> and you know what we're gonna keep doing? We're gonna keep calling them fable people. <laughs> That's what we're so like. If you're listening right now, Fable is a video game that is made by British people, and every all the voice actors in it are British, and they have very British, very Cockney, like like comical Cockney British accents. And Jory and I, as friends in in our friend group, have been calling them Fable people for like two years now, and it's funny. And if you're British, I'm sorry, but also. You sound like a fable character. <laughs> the thing I've, I've realized that I never thought about with fables, it's funny because, like, even, like, high-class royalty people have just the same accent. Yeah. And when you think about it, when you think about it, like, the Cockney accent is probably associated with, like, lo- lower working-class people. Yeah, it totally is. So, like, I don't even know if that's, like, an intentional thing, but, like, yeah, I, I like I like this Team Canada heel work. Uh, Mike Awesome is free of um, that '70s guy gimmick and um, F- fuck what the fat chick thriller. What awesome career killer yeah. fat chick thriller that '70s was that '70s guy supposed to be about the show? Yeah, because the show was popular. The, the show time. must have been very new. Yeah, it was around the uh, 2000s. Let's okay. See. The 70s show they premiered in 98. And Damn, oh my god. In like the second or third season, um, The Rock played his dad in an episode. Oh. Yeah, The Rock okay. played, our, yeah, played his dad, which I think is really cool. Um, so like... After that, I'm sure they were like, oh, fuck, we got to get in on the hot TV show. So he would come out in, like, a 70s, like, disco. He looked like, he wore a suit that he just looked like fucking Kiryu. Like, <laughs> oh, that's cool as hell. <laughs> just like that kind of suit. Yeah. And he got free of that, thank God. But also the Fat Chick Thriller, which was just. That's just, who, who fucking came up with that? Who? Vince, Vince Russo. Um, oh, my God. He, he no would, surprise. He would he would come to the ring just with like, uh, you know how sometimes people are accompanied by women, except they're 
women who aren't 90 pounds like you usually see around wrestling. So it's funny because they're fat. It yeah. Sucks. Which which does suck. A lot. Like, why? Yeah. But he's freezing Team Canada. I like them. Like, now you're going to rise for the Canadian anthem. And I was hoping they were going to play it, but they didn't. Um, they didn't. They Yeah, they just had... Um, <laughs> Hugh Morris come out who you know who Hugh uh, Morris is right Bill DeMott uh, a big old piece of shit yep a big old piece of shit very bad person so we're going to refrain from really um I don't know there wasn't a whole lot in the in the match that he did that had me going wow that's cool (laughs) he's just Uh, a guy yeah Um, I am aware of that in uh WCW pay-per-view he he came out and he didn't like that he he was uh being he was um Hugh Morris he was forced to be given a fake wrestling name he wanted to be go by his real name Hugh G Rection huge e oh haha penis okay i'm like, i'm just baffled right now like what are you... <laughs> yeah it's not because it's just like a, a bad joke work angle, like work shoot hey, angle. And he chose he chose that. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. That's. I'm. I'm I was. I'm just one. I'm trying to figure out. The, did Russo pick that or did he? That I'm not sure. <laughs> but I feel like if you're gonna do like a work shoot thing, you probably like say like, sh- I, I. You have some input. Yeah. And you're steaming with Conan, who is cool. Con- Conan's really cool. Conan comes out in a fucking flannel and chinos, because he's Conan, and that's awesome. I kind of wish now that Conan um, turned on on uh, Bill in this match and joined Team Canada to form Team Not the USA but North America and just beat the shit out of Hugh Morris. Team Border. Yeah. Team. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mike Awesome's awesome. That's really yes, what I took. Away. I he's he's really good. He's he's he's, he's massive. A big guy and he's he's agile, fucking like. massive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that was I'll the t- thing. Remember, um, Mike Awesome was the guy who wrestled against Taz for the ECW title. When neither of them worked for ECW, right? Uh, maybe it says it says uh, it says that he's oh Mike Awesome passed away, two thousand seven. Oh, oh I didn't know that. That's sad. Um, yeah, because um, said that he Mike... was six four, which he was much taller. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, Wikipedia has his build height as six six. Yeah, that seems more right. That seems because, um, Cage Match is six four. I don't think it's six four. Two ninety five is definitely what he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's because when uh Mike Awesome signed with WCW, he was still ECW champion. Um, Taz was WWF employee, and they wrestled a WCW employee and a WWF employee wrestled at an ECW event for an ECW title. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Something that definitely couldn't happen today. No I way. Don't, I don't have a whole lot to say about this match. Like, I I don't I I I like Mike Awesome. Yeah, um, Mike Awesome. He's a big dude, and he's really skilled. Lance Storm was a very skilled technical wrestler. Conan's a good wrestler. Hugh Morris is okay, and he's a piece of shit. Like, yeah, even if I, I didn't know he was a bad, bad man, I'd be like, he's he's just a guy. Like, 
Yeah, his his like the the stuff on his on his on his um attire wasn't interesting. Like, yeah. and they and they were trying to sell on commentary that he was a locker room leader, but nothing like showed that. He got he got some pop from the crowd, but it's just I don't I don't know. I was more focused on Team Canada and Conan because yeah. I think I think Conan's fucking awesome. Is Conan has Conan done anything with AEW? That's a good question. I would I would really like to know if he because I is I've, not. That sucks, man. How old is Conan? He, He's fifty five. Yeah, he should he should show up with like. Uh, what what do LAX go by? They're just Santana and Ortiz. Yeah, they're just because because they're part of the inner circle. Yeah. But, uh, that'd be really cool. El Commandant was a former nickname of him. He was born in Cuba, so nice. That's kind of that's kind of cool. <laughs> El Commandant. Uh, okay, next match was. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's Sugar a... Shane Helms versus Chavo Guerrero Jr. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one for the cruiserweight title. Chavo Guerrero Jr. is the cruiserweight champion. Stand back. <laughs> <laughs> Stand back. There's a playboy coming through. He's got like dancers with him and stuff. It's a cool gimmick. Uh, I like I like Sugar Shane Helms. I thought that was really cool. It's a good gimmick. He's just he is not the guy for it, I think. I mean like, it's weird to see him do all that and then he takes off his shirt and he has a fucking lantern core tattoo on his shoulder. Like that's what I because what I think of what I know about Shane Helms is he's just like this goofy southern guy who like he's a big old nerd. Yeah, yeah. He's, a dumb, he, he's a nerd, he looks kinda of, he he looks like kind of like a, a goofy nerd. Like it's just <laughs> it feels silly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it did. But um... I've also I I on I think it was an episode of Table for Three he did with uh, Matt and Jeff Hardy because they've been like lifelong friends. Okay, um, that makes sense. He was talking about how uh, WCW had him do like a ladder match with a bunch of people, and basically their whole thing behind it was, well, you're your best friends your whole life. Wow, like, got fucking twenty seven stars uh, from this wrestling publication for a ladder match. So. You're gonna do one. You can put. You can pull that off, right? <laughs> Jesus, that's where I'm just like, no, I can't. This is that's that's too much. This is yeah. This is for the cruiserweight championship. Uh, remember when Chavo Guerrero was a white guy? Yep. Let's talk about that instead of the match. <laughs> yeah, the match was just okay. The, yeah, I thought I thought this one was pretty good. I like Shane Helms a lot. Um. It was two good cruiserweights. This, this, these seemed like the two cruiserweights they had outside of what they wanted for the cruiserweight tag title picture, um, and then obviously Kiwi and a couple of those other guys like Air yeah. Styles. Um, but uh, it, it, it had a lot of good chain technical wrestling at the start of it. I'll say that there's a sequence yeah. that's probably like forty seconds long where it's just excellent. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Ch- Chavo fills in for his brother after his brother goes to WWF, and yep. you know, obviously, he's he's not going to draw Eddie uh, money, not Eddie Money the man, but like he's <laughs> not going to. <laughs> Eddie Money is a person. <laughs> Eddie Money, yeah, Eddie Money is a musician. I'm pretty sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like a like a like a like a like a old musician. Like he's like mm. seventy or eighty or something now. But um, yeah. Um, He's he's not gonna draw like Eddie did, mm-hmm. but he's still good. And this he's, was still an that interesting whole family match. Is, a, is just great wrestlers. Like yeah, yeah. 
And even if they're not good at wrestling, they're good at something else uh, about wrestling, right? Like they're good at another part of the business. But yeah, yeah one a, one a time say about this. One time he was a white guy for whatever <laughs> reason. Yep. And then uh he was he was a white guy and then like the sad stuff that he happened, that's why he switched back, right? Yeah, they were doing that around the time uh, of Eddie's passing, so they stopped doing it. And I want to yeah. say, I want to say, Dolph Ziggler was his caddy. Yes, his name was Kerwin White, and he was just a white guy, which is a really funny concept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I want them. I would love for them to do something like that today. Yeah, there, there's a what's what's Kofi's character that he's not allowed to do anymore. He did Kramer Kingsman. King, King, <laughs> he, yeah. he did the fucking like Dave Chappelle white guy voice, like yeah. Richard Pryor white guy voice, like the long thing of haha white people talk so stiff and goofy, like mm-hmm. the long time thing, and then weirdos were just mad. <laughs> yeah, let's get mad about that, but not DX doing blackface. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so. Uh, Shane won, and you got to celebrate with the with the sugar 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 girls, sugar gals, whatever they were called. Uh, yeah. It was pre- it was pretty solid. I, I, I like I, both these guys, so I had a fun time watching that one. I like that his finisher is Nightmare on Helm Street. <laughs> what was his other one called? Oh. Uh, he did the Eye of the Hurricane. In, he had it in WWE signature moves. Hmm. Dang. There was he had another like finisher that was called out during the match, and I was like, "Huh." Yeah, but Nightmare on Helm Street is 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 that's a pretty dope naming for that. So yeah, that's the cruiserweight title match, and what you learned from that is that Chavo Guerrero played a white guy at one point. <laughs> Moving on now to the WCW World Tag Team Title Match. <laughs> so, um. Backstage, Buff Bagwell is like, "How do I get on TV?" Where the where's the I fuck know. is the hat? Shoot he, a documentary. He needs to put the hat on. <laughs> <laughs> I like that hat. It's 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 like the most iconic Buff Bagwell thing to me. Not his not his arms or any of the other Bagwellian stuff. I said Bagwellian like Orwellian. <laughs> okay. None of the none of the other Bagwellian things about him. I just like the damn hat. He came out and he didn't have the hat on, and I was pissed. Yeah, the hat just looks like it, it gives him like a look. Like, yeah. So okay, it's, go go on about the backstage stuff now that I'm done talking about the hat. So he's just like, how do we get on TV? Shoot a documentary. So he like he goes into the fucking uh room with ceo rick flair oh yeah yeah like recording them talking about their mad Je- him and jeff Jarrett's match against dustin and dusty Rhodes, uh and like he's also with his tag team partner lex luger just like talking about how how cool they are um anytime lex luger is doing anything it looks like he's reading from a cue card like he just doesn't give a shit anymore. Just send him the paycheck. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't I don't get it. Uh, Buff Buff Bagwell. He makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, he's missing the hat. That's what the problem is. <laughs> um. 
he he looks like a cartoonish bad guy in like a movie. He he like looks a, like... like a teen movie, like teen comedy movie, where he's like the tough guy at school, but he yeah. gets to go to school with a hat and no shirt. Like... <laughs> <laughs> he looks like one of the one of the really 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 stupid like. <laughs> Joker goons in a Batman thing. That's what he looks. He he looks like if you could customize the Joker goons in Arkham Asylum, and you put a hat on him on one of the guys. You would give him like a hat, he'd be shirtless because he's fucked. That's like a he's like a he's like a cheat code for that fucking game. That's what he looks like. Also, I thought the thing on his arm was a real band he wore, but that's a tattoo. That's crazy. I literally was like <laughs> the band on his arm that he wears. That's a Bagwellian mark of his, but it's a tattoo. Yeah, he keeps saying Bagwellian. He's he's in a tag team flex Luger called Totally Buffed. So you uh, love this tag team, then, right? With Buff Bagwell and Lex Luger, huh? You so love it. Every time I've ever seen Lex Luger, I go, I don't like that man. <laughs> and then we learned some shit about him. Yeah, Dark Side of the Rain made me even more uncomfortable with him. I know he's like, but just something about Lex Luger as like a guy, like fit Lex Luger makes me uncomfortable. And <laughs> the name, the name sucks because <laughs> L- Lex, Lex Luger, Luger. Is, is the total package. Buff what? Buff, buff the stuff Bagwell. <laughs> totally buffed. Um, it's. You know They're what just that big muscly guys, which is funny because the guys they face are just as muscly. But I want to I want to say that that like Buff Bagwell camera thing that happened leading up to this match was it just seemed like a really lazy way to try to be like, look, he's an annoying guy. Look, they just want fame and money. They're bad, huh? Like, it just seemed like a really lazy way to do that. And then when it happened, even after this match was over, it didn't seem like it meant anything. Unlike what happened with the other match that had backstage stuff, um, (laughs) which was hilarious. But yeah, this, so they faced Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare, the tag team champions who are, Again, products of the power plant, and I think those big two, men they're they're big. How tall? Let's see. Chuck Palumbo stands at a listed six six, and Sean O'Hare stood at a listed six six. Are these two brothers? <laughs> no, they just so happen to uh, be the same like same size. Chuck Palumbo played basketball. That's pretty cool. Chuck Palumbo was also part of tag team Billy and Chuck, which was one of the times WWF flirted with gay characters, but didn't actually pull the trigger. Oh. Okay. Uh, Interesting. So, I thought these two were, they just felt like the 90s as a a tag team, or like the late 90s, early 2000s, like the music. That fucking hair, they're like facial hair and hair. Yeah, yeah. The that was rough. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about how everyone's entric music fucking sucks except for Booker T's? Okay. <laughs> I, I like I like Sugar Shane's music. Sugar Shane's fit his theme at least. Like yeah, all just the bad, just like fucking nineties rock music. Yeah, yeah. Just, that was I. That the other one I was going to defend, no surprise, was the cat. 
but we'll talk about the cats thing after this. It's coming yeah. up. Don't worry. If you're if you are sitting there with bated breath, going, "When are they going to talk about Canyon versus the cat?" It's coming. Don't worry. Um, yeah. So this the, the totally buff got out and talked a bunch of shit for literally probably like what's the time stamp on this match? It says fifty four seconds. So um, it they talk they they cut a promo about how they were fucking awesome for like six minutes, and then yeah. Chuck and Sean came out. And they, they they stood at the top of the entrance ramp for a while, like, surveying the ring, which I thought was super fucking cool. Um, and then they're, they're like, their music hit real good, and then they started walking down. And then they jumped in, and the bell rang, and they just beat Buff Bagwell and Lex Luger, like, instantly. Like, it was 54 seconds of Sean O'Hare doing like Sean O'Hare or whatever the what was the what was the move it was called? The was Sean Ton bomb. Sean Ton bomb. Which okay. I went fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's not a that's a that's a rough one. Cause like uh, I don't want puns. In my I I said Nightmare on Helm Street was good, but that's like there's not another. It's not like using a move name. <laughs> Yeah, I, I understand my my. Uh, I'm very selective about this, and it's inconsistent. But fuck you. I'm gonna stay consistent, and I think Sean Tonbaum is great. <laughs> you, fuck it, you're in WCW in 2001. Call it whatever yeah. you want. Um, but yeah, they just did Sean Tonbaums to to Bagwell and Luger, and then pinned them in one and left. And then the lights came back on, and they were still laying there and helped them to the, the, the like a bunch of refs had to help. After Luger the promo Bagwell package the, for the next match. After, yeah. Which that, the promo package for the next match includes Canyon... Um, who, who was who's the Cats manager? What was her name? Miss Jones? Yeah. Yeah, Canyon really liked uh, Miss Jones. I don't know. Do you have anything to say about the tag title match? And how, how good it was? It was great, I, right? I, I was hoping there'd be some bullshit squash match on this card, and I'm glad we got and that. And there was, yeah. And Tony Schiavone's going, it's a, it's a, it's a Georgia Mountain Wrestling squash match. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just think it's funny because, like, you see the pairing between Buff Bagwell and Lex Luger. Buff Bagwell would have been like 30 around this time. Uh, Lex Luger would have been like 40, like late 40s. Um, maybe like late to early forties. So he's he's like ten so, so years older. So they're pairing him with a guy who's established. Lex Luger is a WCW guy. He tried like they tried to make him the guy in WWF, but they just oh never they tried the hard. But they just ended up being like uh Bret Hart. <laughs> yeah, but um, and so he just went back to WCW where he's he's been the guy. He's one of Sting's best friends. Um. So they're pairing up Buff Bagwell, the younger guy, with him. So, like, Buff Bagwell can kind of, like, drain some of the over from Lex Luger. Uh, so that's what they're going for here. And, like, he's he's an annoying heel. And it's basically Buff Bagwell's fault they lost. Like, <laughs> Buff Bagwell, like, bumped into Lex Luger with something and then they got fucked up. Like. <laughs> yeah. And the, on, on, on commentary, they talked a lot about how it was, like, the changing of the guard and stuff like that, right? And yeah. they had looking into WCW's history. Excuse me. They they like they had stuff on, or they excuse me. They had they had pay per view names that like kind of 
alluded to that. I don't know what was the, what was the what was the pay per view name. Let me look for it real fast. It was like maybe it was like something they did on Nitro, but they tried really hard for a long time. Or not a long time, but it seemed like they New Blood Rising in two thousand. That's what it was. Mm. So it was like they tried to build up new guys. Yeah. But it was way too fucking late, right? Like, yeah. O'Hare and O'Hare and Palumbo could have been big, but you you just you did Hogan for so long that it was too fucking late. And like this is a uh, Hogan hadn't been with the, hadn't like worked for WCW since Bash at the Beach 2000, where he walked out of the arena. Oh wow, really? During like during the match? Well, that was the match where he could they couldn't um come to an agreement for the match. Uh, Hogan was like, I want to, I'm going to leg drop Jeff Jarrett. One, two, three, I'm champion, brother. And they're like, no, we want to do something. That's not you. He's like, I'm, I'm leaving, brother. So like Jeff Jarrett just laid down for the pin and Hogan just put his foot on him and pin. And then Hogan just like took the mic and was like, this is why the country's in the damn shape it's in. And then like walked out the building. And then because Hogan walked out, Vince Russo, we'll, we'll have to watch this pay-per-view sometime. Vince Russo cut like a, a promo that was him uh talking shit to Hulk Hogan for like five minutes which uh caused Hogan to sue um which Vince was just like it's a work which it wasn't you can tell we should like watch that it. one next was it Bash <laughs> at the Beach 2000 yes that's insane we should watch and, that next yeah that that one is it's uh that's that's like what you kind of secretly hope for whenever you watch wrestling is for them to acknowledge that it's fake, <laughs> but in like a, in an uncomfortable way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Um. So that's that's crazy. Holy shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare. They these are they're power plant guys. These are homegrown guys that they want to make big. And yeah, they are some big guys. It just took them a long time to get to the point where they could, and by then it was seems to have been too late. Probably, you yeah, know, like looking at Natural Born Thrillers. Um, it was seven wrestlers from the power plant. Wow. Um, Chuck Palumbo, Johnny the Bull, Mark Jindrak, who was originally going to be in uh, Evolution. Before oh, cool. Before uh, they got Batista. Um, huh. Mike Sanders, Reno, Sean O'Hare, and Sean Stasiak. They were all power plant graduates. They were trained by Paul Orndorff, a uh, legendary uh, old wrestler. And, yeah. <laughs> but they broke up like the month, like as a large group broke up a month before this. Mm. <laughs> huh. But they really got them into that tag title picture pretty fast. Then maybe that's just me thinking about WWE speed of getting people into things. Yeah. But but I I think immediately they're like, oh fuck, we 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 made these guys ourselves. We got to get them in. Yeah. Well, that's the world tag title match. <laughs> as short as it was, we talked probably ten times longer about it than the match actually went on, or even the whole segment. Yeah. Um. Next was a grudge match of sorts between Canyon and the cat because Canyon has been bothering Mrs. Jones or Miss Jones, whatever the cat's manager's name is. Yeah. Did you know that the somebody call my mama thing came from the cat? For I was, the I was wondering about that on his back because it said yeah. like somebody called my name. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I think that would just just flat out said mama. Oh. Yeah. So they just. I don't remember. I don't remember what the like order of like how it translated to the funka funkadactyls was. Oh, but it that's uh, that's how it did. The cat was uh played opposite of uh Mickey Rourke in the wrestler as his like longtime enemy, like rival. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Shit. That's really yeah. Cool. <laughs> that's re- okay. Yes. Uh, the cat. So, interesting ass wrestler i'll say like not a so, very athletic guy like not we, at we all got, we gotta we have to talk about because i don't give a shit about chris canyon um this match i mostly didn't like care for uh this yeah was okay i was this was probably the one i was the most bored during i i can i can agree to that well because you're also like okay there are three big matches left let's get to those <laughs> yeah um the cat is uh James Brown, yeah, thing, right? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and it was such a James Brown thing, and it was he was he was with a company that was willing to spend so much money to get any sort of recognition and do whatever to compete with WWF. That I, I think they even said it on commentary, like a year before this, a year and a half, they paid James Brown to come to a WCW event. Maybe it was a pay per view, maybe it was a Nitro, and give the cat a the cape that he put on at the end of the match yeah. and he they, like uh, they had a dance somebody off. yeah that's what it was it was it was a, it was a dance off that's what it was yeah that was whoo oh my god yeah he, he straight up just a uh just a james brown character and i think it's hilarious i think it's yeah it's so who, good who is that for like <laughs> uh uh, middle-aged black men who who love wrestling. So at the time, probably my dad. I don't know so, if my dad gave a shit about the cat. I should ask him if he remembers so, who the cat was. So W. So a large because WCW's like main like thing is like wrestling in the South. Like that was their audience before. Yeah, and went on downhill. That makes sense because whenever I think about wrestling, I just think of like a eighteen to thirty-four male demographic. It's like they're not gonna yeah. care. <laughs> no, there exactly. The, uh, a James Brown gimmick is the, probably the fucking stupidest thing you could do. But because um, this is where I want to point out. Um, so when he en- when he enters the when he like starts the match, they cut off his music quick, but they play his like actual music for a little bit. But when the match ends, the cat is someone who has his music changed because I think they just flat out use a James Brown song. Uh, the, yeah, they they might have they they or totally they, they use something that sounds so close to it that they're like we don't want to bother with like the legal issues. They they might have, and now WWE has changed it on the network. Yeah, because they changed that. The music was definitely changed on the network because when he was leaving the ring, because he won, it did not sound great. Yeah. Also, Canyon's music I feel like was a different like from a real band because his music the. It was playing two different songs, if you yes. if you know. Yeah, and Both then because Chris can't, you couldn't hear the announce team. You could, yeah, it was so loud you could not hear what they were saying. So someone just, just didn't pay attention. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Someone did not pay attention in mixing. Um, so, yeah, th- that's really what we have to say about Canyon versus the Cat. I think the Cat is a hilarious character. Um, that i'm not fucking sure why he's facing canyon um other than canyon being weird and wanting to beat up his girlfriend 
for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't really have anything to say about that. Let's talk about the WCW United States Heavyweight title match between United States Heavyweight Champion at the time, Rick Steiner, and Booker T. Um, I like, I like the, <laughs> the fucking voice clip, the, the, like the character select voice clip you get when you pick Booker T. Cause you're like, you're going through the, the character roster, you select Booker T and it says, don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. Plays the music. Like that's what happens when you select him in like <laughs> WCW Starcade. If they got their own like, uh, digitized sprite actor fighting game, that would be, that would be like what happened when you picked him. And he's been using that music in single competition forever, right? Like that's yeah, that was so Heat cool. Music originally, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, I think the heart. It might have been. It totally might have been. Yeah. Um, his entrance was fantastic. The, the lights were out. There was yeah. a there was a red glow, you know, because Harlem Heat wearing the black and the red. And yeah. then he just stood at the top of the ramp. And then when the music hit the apex, they kind of like did the like big flames in the background and then put a light on him his entrance was fucking good yeah and everybody stood up when they knew booker was coming out like this he 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 drew more energy to the arena than the main event did by himself yeah. i will i would say that like the next match probably got the the biggest pops and the most like yeah. excitement happening because, of because the, like history around it and, like, yeah the, like the, the the like occasion of it but um Imagine you're you're one of the best tag team wrestlers of your time. The Steiner brothers, I haven't seen a lot of their stuff, but what I've seen, they are probably the best tag team of the nineties. Yeah. Like them, Harlem Heat, um so you, like a lot of the WWE F attitude era guys, that was like towards the end. But Steiner brothers were like solid throughout they worked for they worked all over the world. So yeah, Japan but, everywhere, and um, they held the belts everywhere. It's crazy. Uh, it's knowing that like Scott Scott Steiner too. Like before he was the genetic freak, he was he was a guy like like they always bring up with the Viking Raiders. Like they're big dudes, but they can like fly. Like that's what Scott yeah. Steiner could do. Yeah, he was just like a, a mul feathered mullet baby face. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they're both amateur wrestler, like collegiate athletes. Yep. Like they have the pedigree. It's, it's weird that it's weird to think about like who they were compared to just Scott Steiner at this point, even <laughs> like, it was, yeah, it's, it, it, it speaks to how good of a transition that they were able to make. Yeah. Uh, which I, th I think is fantastic. And and even in this presentation of WCW, they did a really good job of conveying that they were still connected in some way. Because, like, Rick Steiner's the United States champion, which at the time worked as number one contendership to the world heavyweight title. But Scott yeah. Steiner is the world heavyweight champion, so you're not getting in there. Rick Steiner yeah. is the... is the He's the guard to the, the world heavyweight title. Like, it's... It's actually pretty good. Like, that aspect, like, the way the Steiners were handled, I don't know about their allegiance to CEO Ric Flair and all that shit, but, like, that, this, just them two, with what they were doing, was pretty fucking good. Um, um 
I, I don't like that he is the... I, I want the shirt he was wearing, but being called the dog-faced gremlin... It's not a good nickname, and he has a fucking tattoo of it, if you noticed. <laughs> like... Maybe that's like his college name then. I didn't yeah, notice the tattoo. It, it could, could be like a like a, yeah. an athlete. That sounds like an athlete thing. No, when, if he has a tattoo of it, that's probably something he got when he was an that, athlete. Yeah, that's 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 probably something that like he got while wrestling collegiately, and he just he he just loved it. So that's fine then. That's kind of cool that he kept the pedigree of uh of his collegiate sports career to yeah. the. Like it carried over to professional wrestling. Like I, I think that's actually pretty cool. Now that I'm, now that yeah. we've talked about it, um, but this match itself was not that long. How long did this one go on for? Maybe it was long, and I just seven and a half minutes. Seven and a half minutes. So a lot of that seven and a half minutes is Rick Steiner controlling Booker T, and Booker T trying to mount offense but not being able to. The biggest move Booker T got in was the scissor kick, which. Tony Schiavone reminds us on commentary at the time is called the Ghetto Blaster. Good name. Very good name for the move. I approve. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was called the Bookend in uh, WWE. No, the Bookend's a different move. Is it? Okay, no, it's just called Scissor Kicks. Okay, right. right. Yeah. Okay. Because the Bookend so, is how he ended the match. Because he was able to win because. Uh, the the franchise Shane Douglas popped up and, and was like, "Hey Rick Steiner, fuck you!" and like helped and him, pushed him off the top rope. So yeah. he was disoriented enough for Booker to get the bookend, and that's it. We just quickly kind of moved on to the next match. Yeah, like was, we we got like a, a twenty second, not even twenty seconds. It was like ten seconds of Booker with the title. Man, Booker can sell. Yes, he can. God, Booker T is one of the best fucking wrestlers ever. <laughs> and it sucks that this match kind of sucked, because this is what I was most excited to watch on this card. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and it's and this match sucked, kind I of. Was, I was interested in the next match, too. Um. Yeah, let's t- let's okay, let's talk about the next match. So this happened, this was kind of, it wasn't made, but it was altered through the Buff Bagwell camera uh, backstage stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Where the stipulation, I don't know. I I guess Dusty Rhodes during a promo on the previous Nitro leading up to this said, "Kiss my white ass." Big, <laughs> fuck yeah. yeah. So through Jeff Jarrett and Ric Flair making like a really big deal out of the "we're not going to kiss anyone's ass" uh, thing. They ended up having to kiss an ass either way. Whoever wins is going to get their ass kissed, I I guess. They didn't really explain how that happened. But otherwise, there's a, like, security camera in Dustin... In the Rhodes... Let's just say Rhodes family locker room. And it's recording them while they're getting ready for their match throughout the night. And probably after the first match, we see Dusty talking to Dustin... And going like, I got, I got, a th- I got a secret weapon. I got, I got, I got something real, go- real good, Dustin. And Dustin's like, Nah, Dad, come on. How, how are you gonna? What's, what could your secret weapon be at a time like this? And Dusty's, and Dusty's like, No, no, listen, 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 listen. It's gonna be good. And this one comes with like a big fucking foiled tray. And you're like, What the hell is that? This is a foiled tray. It's like a gun underneath there. What's happening? And then he peels back the 
the the the foil on the tray, and it's just a mountain of burritos. <laughs> and he says, and he says, yes, yeah, there's about two hundred forty burritos there. And it's just like, okay. So then they show them after maybe maybe it was like after the tag match they showed them again, and there instead of there being like. You know, there wasn't 240 burritos. Realistically, there were probably like 20 burritos on that tray. Instead of there being 20, there's like four now. <laughs> and Dusty is like, oh, he's grabbing his stomach. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I, got it, I got it all brewing up. It's, it's moving down to my saddlebags, he said. <laughs> it's, just, yep. it's just fucking ridiculous. Because he's, he's, he's going he's gonna to fart. He's going to fart when he's getting his ass kicked. So this is, I guess, what they were doing throughout the... This feels like a modern WWE joke. But I love it because it's inc- it includes Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's really goofy. Like, yeah, yeah. And like it's the first time that Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair have battled in pay per view for WCW. Yeah, because they definitely they definitely battled for other pay per views and on other wrestling shows across from each other. Yeah. They definitely did that. Yeah, but they're just making a big deal about something that it's like when they're like, when they're like, Aaron Rodgers is eighty-two percent won against the Vikings in Green Bay when the temperature's over seventy degrees. Yeah, she's a bullshit and, sad, and they're up five points. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. It's just no dead air, no dead air. Come on, no yeah, dead air. Come, 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 say something. Come up with any fucking stat you possibly could. Ric Flair. This match was not really a match. Um, nope. <laughs> so, Ric Flair came out just in regular clothes because he'd given up on wrestling at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he he was just in just regular clothes with their robes. He was like, I'm not going to wrestle. He's like, Jeff Jarrett can beat both of them by himself. And I was like, is this going to be a handicap match? Yeah, like, well, I, I was very confused on what was happening. And then he ended up like having to wrestle because they sent... Uh, Road Warrior Hawk. Road Warrior Hawk. That's who it was. I couldn't remember which which Road Warrior was. They sent him. To, the The ref sent him to the back, which I'm pretty sure. I meant to I meant to mention this. Um, maybe he wasn't, but Charles Robinson was a was a ref for one of these matches. I want to say it was this one, but it might not have been. And we still we still see Charles Robinson today. Oh, neat. Yeah, Charles Robinson is uh I just kind of call him blonde ref in <laughs> I my didn't mind. That. Yeah, I wanna say he's the super have you seen the slide ref? The ref that like sprints down the ramp and slides. I wanna say oh, that might be him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um because I think they immediately were just like, Yeah, you're you're their you you're their best ref, so you have a job and he's never gone anywhere, which is really cool. Um but yeah, so they sent Hawk to the back, and then Rick had to wrestle, and then it was mostly just Dustin and Jeff Jarrett wrestling each other or beating up on the other old man. I mean, Ric Flair was still kind of, you know, like, he had moves then. He was still, like, ten years away from retiring at this point or some shit. <laughs> retiring quotations. Yeah, exactly. He, he, there was a thing recently I said that he, or recently that I saw that, he, that said that he wants to wrestle for the WWE title again. Like, I saw this in the last two days. <laughs> No, it's just not gonna happen, dog. But okay, we it's, don't it's even... nice that you have the flame. His age is a worked age, technically. Like, yeah, he could be pick... like three years, four years, five years older. Because he's seventy-one, but Ric Flair was kidnapped from his 
biological parents and sold to yeah, like and Georgia Tan adoption agency there's a, a podcast episode i'll put in the description of this if you want to hear about how rick flair was it's stolen crazy. as a baby it's crazy so like, and this woman would lie about the kid's age because why would you adopt an eight-year-old when you can adopt a five-year-old yeah <laughs> that's a tall five-year-old yeah he's just big what can what do you want <laughs> i think that's a exact joke they make in that episode too <laughs> but yeah so like i'm pretty sure that um he like wouldn't he could be older than he is like it says and if you think i'm like just making shit up on his wikipedia page um his birth name is widely believed to be fred phillips although on different documents he's also credited as fred demarie or stewart while his bi- biological parents were luther and olive phillips the latter of whom was also credited under the demarie and stewart names he was adopted at the time of his adoption arranged by tennessee children's home society as a part of georgia tan's baby kidnapping operation fuck <laughs> my god so <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so now that we know Ric Flair was kidnapped as a baby, and you will go listen to that episode of this pod, or episode of that podcast when this is over, I'm sure, because so, it is a fascinating story. So it's, it's like, uh, he's, that's what always concerns me about how old he is. Like, he could be older yeah, than this, anyone thinks he is. And he wants to wrestle again, so you know what? Let him. But, the match between Ric Flair, Jeff Jarrett, and Dustin and Dusty Rhodes... Nine minutes and fifty-eight seconds, you know. Uh, low blow shots that don't do anything. Yeah. People were loving that. Um, Dusty Rhodes is there. Dusty got a I big mean, pop. I, I get it. Like WCW, they're in the South. They're in Jacksonville. Like yeah, that's Dusty and Ric Flair territory. Who knows how many times they have battled in that specific city? Pro- I- yeah, probably. I would say like two to three dozen. And, like, Dusty's still got some moves. Like, I mm-hmm. like the move where he's, like, punching both of them at the same time. That yeah, was really that cool. was good. That was good. He's got the bionic elbow. You know, he's going to pull that out and just do yeah. that repeatedly. You know, it's good. He has the he has the, the pad on. And then uh, Dustin pins... Does he pin Flair? He pins Jeff Jarrett. He, he pins Jeff Jarrett. That makes sense. Um, and then... Jeff Jarrett tries to fight back, so, like, Dustin knocks him out, basically. <laughs> so, Ric Flair, like, is like, no, please, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to kiss anyone's ass. So, then, Dusty Rhodes just does a stink face to Jeff Jarrett, who's in the corner of the, that was totally just a stink face, right? Like, they saw that and were like, let's just do that. That's a really good idea. It has to be what that was. Did you did you also notice how uh, when they'd show the Nitro footage, they would censor Dusty Rhodes saying ass, but when they would say ass on the pay per view, it wasn't censored. Th- that yeah, that has to be that they didn't have like non censored versions of those recordings for Nitro to edit then. Yeah, which means they were probably on a big budget if they couldn't keep, or like a small budget if they couldn't keep both those right. Because <laughs> I. I don't know. Actually, WWE's uh, stuff from at the time, their stuff from weekly shows were censored during promo packages, if I remember correctly, because it would be like a weird, like little explosion sound, like a brown or some <laughs> shit like that. After that was the main event, which was yeah. Scott Steiner 
versus Diamond Dallas Page for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And here's where we get to something that we have to take a moment to talk about. And um, partially why no one gives a shit. No Hogan. No Sting. No Scott Hall. No Kevin Nash. No Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And these top guys that people watch the show for are there because most of them they burn bridges or um are like getting help for like problems and stuff. I think that's the case with Scott Hall. I think Kevin Nash had done one of his like seventy two retirements then. Like some of those guys were out. Goldberg, they burned those bridges. Uh that's what Buff Bagwell and Lex Luger were bragging about in the promos that they sent Goldberg packing, like None of those guys that you watch for. So it's Scott Steiner and Diamond Dallas Page, who Diamond Dallas Page is probably the most over next to Booker T. Yeah, I would like regulars. Yeah, like it's probably like if you take the whole company, it's probably him, Flair and Booker T are probably the three guys that will always get a pop out of everyone that you have. People really like Steiner, too. I'm not maybe the Steiners were like super over. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, this got changed to a false count anywhere match during the during the duration of the pay per view, which yep. didn't come into play other than the beginning and then never again, and didn't actually end up happening that way. Yeah, that's like it's funny because like two weeks later at WrestleMania 17, the day of, you find out that Austin versus The Rock is a no holds barred match, like. You think about it, like, when they announce something like that for, like, WrestleMania X7, if if I'm in attendance, and from what I understand, they build it just on the build-up to that, oh, it's no DQs technically, but they have so many different names for it. The build-up to that match is just Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. And you're like, fuck yeah, I want to see that happen again. Yeah, God, last that's going to be good. Last time. And then as they're making their way down to the ring, you hear it's, in a no disqualification match, I'm like screaming, like I'm like ripping my hair out, like holy shit, like that's that's what like a day of thing is supposed to do. Like you mm-hmm. it makes it like you can't use it to enhance a match people don't give a shit about. <laughs> yeah, and you can't just say it, right? You can't just say yeah. words and then be like, oh yeah, this is better now, right? Like that's not how changing a match works. Someone, the person I- who changed that match or tried to, doesn't fundamentally understand what changing a match means. Because, yeah, on the Wikipedia page, like, right before the superstars are introduced. So, like, they say it's that. Like, that's awesome. It's 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 related to this didn't be a false count anywhere match. It's the problem people have with extreme rules and Hell in a Cell. And a lot of the, like, gimmicked pay-per-views is that they're gimmicks because it's it's October. Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns got to be in a cage when they should save those for... Um, something else like they should save those match types for when the storyline deserves it. Mm-hmm. Elimination Chamber, I think, works because it's on build up to WrestleMania. So you can, yeah, like, yeah, but having it. having pay per views themed around match types is stupid. Yeah, if it's like a super gimmick like that where there's something else on the line, then like, it then it works. Yeah, Elimination yeah, Chamber is the one that I think works well. Or like Money in the Bank, like you shouldn't have to set yep. up a Money in the Bank storyline wise, like. If it's just something you know is going to be there, which is exciting. Yeah. Like, Royal Rumble, you don't need to set... Like, Royal Rumble isn't like, alright, there's 30 guys who are all equal, finally, for once, so we gotta... This is how we're gonna decide it. Like, it's just a fun thing. Um, like, this didn't need to be a false Count Anywhere match. It only needed to be mm-hmm. a false Count Anywhere match, so Scott Steiner could 
hit DDP with a bunch of stuff from audience plants. Those audience e- plants were really bad. They didn't need e- they, If you're going to do yeah. audience plants, have one. You only need it once. Mm-hmm. More than one, it just, like, it breaks the illusion <laughs> a little bit. Like, one, even though I'm immediately like, oh, that's an audience plant, it's like, well, there might be one, like, a guy on crutches who might not be there, be, who'd be out of place and he couldn't get get out of the way. But a guy, and he just, like, pushes him, that just, I don't know, seems goofy. It is. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, uh, and Rick Steiner came out to help Scott Steiner in this match. Um... I don't remember. I don't remember that. That's weird. I don't remember that. Oh yeah, I do because yeah. Okay, okay. This I like remember right the sp- at the end. He did yeah. Like- <laughs> How do you like the image of Scott Steiner beating uh, Diamond Dallas Page with a baseball bat? How do you like that? Those sure were weak worked worked hits. Like, yeah, it it looked really awkward. Yeah, he's like <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but there's a reason that people use the end of a bat instead of swinging it normally right like yeah uh, it's this match should have been exciting but it's it w- like, but it just was not yeah no it's ddp's like, entrance was exciting ddp's entrance is cool like he that's how you know he is like the face he he like does his entrance and he like looks over and he's like i'm going in through the crowd like that's really yeah. cool yeah and if you um, have scott steiner say then i'm gonna catch you in the crowd then Maybe actually have him do that. Maybe just yeah, have him run really out cool. in the middle of the crowd and just, just they're just beating the shit out of each other. But you gotta you gotta show off that Scott Steiner has muscles on his muscles. Yeah, definitely healthy and good. I tweeted it earlier because I'm funny, and I said Scott Steiner is the only wrestler who could get into the salty spittoon. <laughs> that's true you gotta Fuck. have muscle if someone asked him to like, you gotta have muscles on your eyeballs Scott Steiner could flex his eyeballs and like have a muscle pop out <laughs> could he still today uh hopefully if his heart <laughs> oh. wouldn't burst um, I hope he's doing okay <laughs> yeah uh, I'm not sure when the last time he wrestled was but yeah I don't I don't know. This main event really sucked, and it was the longest match. Yeah, the ending was cool. Like DDP bloody from a chair shot, and yeah, he's like got got him in the uh, the submission, and like after they finish, like they drape the University of uh, Michigan flag yeah. over him because that's yeah. where they graduated from. Like, it was. It was a uh, it was good imagery. Yeah. It was it was it was really good imagery. Uh but it was just disappointing. Yeah. And then it just kind of ended. <laughs> like Yep. They just were like, "Thanks for watching. Uh catch us on Nitro and see what happens tomorrow." And then it just ended. Yeah. So, that's how we're going to end this podcast. No, just kidding. <laughs> um yeah. I want I want to talk about the fallout from uh, yeah, let's greed. let's talk Cause... about the fallout from from greed and the ensuing weeks, and then um, well, before we do that, y- oh you, yeah, you... there's some there's some yeah some stuff I want to talk about this event as a whole before we do that. Okay, so good. I'm I I'd hope you would agree with me or can at least see where I'm coming through with this. It's very clearly this whole whole card is them in like rebuild mode. 
Yep. They don't have the top. They don't have the top guys anymore. They're building up people. They've got certain people. They've got some good stuff going on. Like when they showed uh, Primetime and Kid Romeo celebrating with their ch- with their mm-hmm. tag titles. It's obvious that they wanted to set up like a series or they wanted to keep them going. And like, because they're obviously the heels. And when I was watching, uh, partially on name recognition alone, but I wanted the Filthy Animals to win. And you sent me messages like, that's also like, why the fuck wouldn't you do that when your company's going down the fucking drain? Just put it on them. <laughs> put it, put on it on the, guys, put it on the guys who are gonna draw money. <laughs> like, and like Sean Stasiak giving a promo. He's gonna be like top heel guy. Uh, you have Natural Born Thrillers take out totally buffed in fifty four seconds. Like that's a build up thing. Booker T wins his first United States Heavyweight Championship. He's going to go up to challenge Scott Steiner pretty quickly after that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, all the stuff is, we're in build-up mode. But, like I said, they're missing Hogan, Sting, Brett, Goldberg, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. Like, it's... Guys people give a shit about. Macho Man. Like, it's it's one of those things where, like, you have all these people that people love and they're not being used. And you have some, like, lower card people that aren't being used. Like, Vampiro. Where's Vampiro? Um, like... It's it's just weird that they're not uh, there anymore. Because, like, uh, the stipulations for Goldberg leaving is when he lost the match to those people. So he, he was he's forced to leave WCW. They're probably planning, wanting to do something for that, right? Like, yeah, there was probably something that they were like, okay, we, we can do a big send-off. Yeah. But they don't get to do that because of backstage politics that end up in my mind being a result of I want to be the top guy which that ego becomes contagious as a result of Hogan I imagine yeah and then how much money some of these people are making yeah mm-hmm. you which you would think would kind of like subdue the ego aspect but it's not going to because that- when you make a lot of money you want to be involved more so you can make more money yeah and like you you have you know WrestleMania is coming up. Um this is a pay per view, so probably the next day is when they found out, hey, stuff's going down the shit or we're not gonna exist anymore. But with uh the fucking WrestleMania coming up, you think you would want to do something and put like all all the people in there. Like yeah. Put, put like all, all the titles on the line. Like I looked up the hardcore championship wasn't there. Uh WCW's hardcore title was even more embarrassing than WWE's hardcore title. Mm, but, not a surprise. <laughs> um looking at it, they uh they they just abandoned it after their their last hardcore champion left WCW for WWF. Which was uh Haku. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, uh, it's just like there's there's things you can see that they're doing wrong. It's like I when those people don't show up, there's all sorts of reasons why they're not. Like they can sit out their contracts. Like that's why Hogan was able to sit out his contract. Why a lot of those guys because they could just choose to not show up. Like that was in the like absurd contracts that WCW yeah. was giving people. Yeah. So they could just do this. Which those contracts, in retrospect, probably don't have to be so crazy. You just probably have to offer mm-hmm. them more money than Vince is offering. But you're giving yeah. them... 
wild contracts with 100 percent like freedom and no liability for their actions Mm -hmm. like and that's probably like because well i i can see why they're offering them those contracts too because you look at uh what vince is offering you gotta work you gotta work the house shows this is what we're doing and you're like fuck i don't want to do that and then uh ted turner's like hey come work for me i'll give you 10 million guaranteed with and you only have to work TV, and I'll let you decide if you like what's what we're doing with the character. You're like, oh, who wouldn't sign that? Yeah, I'm what ten times the amount of money and creative freedom and less working. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's it, they were a direct reaction to what Vince was doing, but you know, like for all the shit Vince gets for <laughs> a lot of his things, for myself included, those kind of make sense sometimes, especially when you have such a good system that they did in 2001 for putting out a good product. Yeah. The like one. The work, the amount of work that the wrestlers have to do sucks, but like absolutely, I feel like there's there's a level of like, and I think that's what AEW does by like letting people do indie shows. It's like you don't it'll keep people from getting complacent. They'll still work hard. They'll still work even. They won't let themselves get lazy. Those kinds of things to an extent, like. But if you tell people, yeah, just show up once a week. And someone like Hogan, he's going to wrestle like... He's not going to wrestle on Nitro. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And it's just... It's it's wild that... Um, this is a... Uh, as bad as it... As everything was. And... Um, the company ended two weeks later. Mm-hmm. Uh, on March 26th was the final episode of Nitro. So... Uh, 18th, so eight days later. Like, so the there's two Nitros left after this. Yeah, there was there was a Nitro, which was post-read, and then a Nitro, which was post-acquisition, which, of course, then included the bombshell of Shane McMahon showing up in Palm Beach in the outdoor place that they, the outdoor, like, arena that they were filming yep. uh, Nitro at and being, like... You know, because on the episode of Raw, Vince was announcing that he bought WCW, and then Shane went, hey, and uh, my name is on the contract. You know that none of the talent knew that Shane was showing up, right? No, that's, I feel like we should watch that episode and cover that episode of Nitro. At some point, yeah. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what I heard, it's like, they just... They saw him come in like they didn't know what was going on. They that's... knew they were pur- they knew they were purchased by W, which like that's probably scary on their end. But from someone who's watching wrestling, like that is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's yeah, insane. The, the level of uncertainty that it created for people's jobs with that acquisition really sucks. Mm-hmm. But like them, like people not knowing, they just like they see and they hear Shane McMahon, Vincent McMahon's son is here. That's crazy. And. Yeah. On the final uh, WCW broadcast, we got Booker T versus Scott Steiner. Winner takes all. Booker T won in five minutes, eight seconds. <laughs> okay. Uh, Filthy Animals won a uh, triple threat tag team against Three Count and the Young Dragons for number one contendership. Um, Shane Helms beat Chavo in a rematch. Uh, okay. Natural Born Thrillers beat Team Canada. Uh, Sean Stasiak beat Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, Filthy Animals won the Cruiserweight Tag Team Championships. And then final match to ever air on WCW was Sting beating Ric Flair with uh, the Scorpion Deathlock. 
It's kind of cool. Because it was the night of champions and like Sting and Ric Flair like made WCW big with that like first night of champions match they had. No, that's really and then cool, actually, actually the last time a branded WCW ended was a terrible yeah. match between Booker so T and Buff Bagwell on Monday Night Raw. That was received poorly by fans, which sucks. But imagine you, you're a WWF fan like 2001. You go to you get a tickets for Raw and you think, oh, I'm gonna see Chris Jericho, I'm gonna see The Rock, I'm gonna see Stone Cold, I'm gonna see Triple H, and it's the guys from the company that you you yeah. watch. Yeah. <laughs> which um. So there's stories that after Buff Bagwell got bad treatment from management for how poorly received it was, his mom called Vince McMahon herself. <laughs> uh, that makes everything we said about Bag... That's a very Bagwellian thing. There we go. To have mommy call in to your billionaire boss to stop him from being mean to you. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> but, yeah, um... Interesting history for wrestling. Yeah. It's an yeah. interesting time for wrestling that I hope we'll get something <laughs> like it. I don't know. I'm I'm fun. I'll do a I'll, I'll I'll take an invasion too. I have I have my my dream matches for invasion too. That's greed. WCW greed from March two thousand one. It has been almost twenty years. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll cover more WCW stuff. We're kind of just going to be covering whatever since, like, <laughs> wrestling right now is not great. And I personally also don't want to, like... I know we watch this on WWE Network, so it's just, like, shut up. You you can't not support them. But I don't want to watch broadcasts for stuff or, like, give any metrics to, like, AEW. Like, even even their, their pay-per-view matches that they're putting on the YouTube channel. Because they just should not be doing it right now. It's so unsafe to be doing it. And people within WWE are getting sick. So I felt way more comfortable watching WCW Greed than I would watching Raw or In Your House as badly as I want to see uh, Adam Cole versus um, Keith Lee. Uh, I just... I, it's I, pretty I, good. Yeah, it, seemed, it seems pretty good. I just... Right now, they just should not be doing anything for the safety of the people that they employ. Yep. Well, we've come to the end of the show, Jory. We had a... It was a good one. It was good to be back talking about wrestling. It's fun. It is. It is fun. I miss wrestling. But it's a weird time in the world right now, so we should just stick to talking about old wrestling, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. No promises made. We'll come up with something off the show to talk about and try to get out some more episodes more regularly, if you're cool with that, of course, Jory. Yeah, I'm probably uh, not going to be working until 2022. Uh, same. <laughs> I technically have two jobs right now and can't go to either of them. So yep, me too. Yeah, it's, it's great, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. Jory, uh, tell the fine folks at home... Uh, the wonderful listeners of CWFP, where they can get more jewelry if they'd enjoy more uh, of you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at no I'm jewelry, um, where I have tweets about video games and stuff. I don't know. Uh, that's that's what <laughs> I do now. I cook for my family and play video games. Um. Yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It feels weird that I've just been doing this for like four months now. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> WrestleMania was like three weeks into this whole mess. 
Remember, like, around WrestleMania when we were like, well, SummerSlam will have fans, it'll be okay. <laughs> now, Royal Rumble probably will not have fans, so... That, if they do... Please, fuck, I don't want to wrestle. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's just, probably... That's one they need to cancel. Fuck it. Just, no yep, Royal Rumble. There's no point in doing Rumble crowd. Or if you can have a crowd at Royal Rumble, pay CM Punk $50 million for the appearance. Fuck mm, it. Please, please. It's got to be a, a, an just avenue like back. We, just like we need crowds before uh, before Money in the Bank next year so Otis can cash in. Because as, as soon as I hear that they're doing audience, I'm even if it's like begrudgingly, I'm going to watch yeah, same. SmackDown with an audience because I know something's going to happen. I'm going to hear the fucking tinkering noises and Otis going, eh! No, he won't even yeah. do that. He'll, he'll clip through the floor <laughs> and like, pop up. Eh, eh, eh. Like imagine him at the top of the ramp, and every time I say eight, he like he like he like slides in mid. Like he's on the same level at the top of the ramp, but he's like close. He's like six feet closer to the ring, so he's like hovering above. And he's like he's upside down, and half of his body's inside of the ring. This joke is just for us at this point, but I love it. Uh, but you can uh. You can listen to the other podcasts I have uh, right here on the network. There's we are watching One Piece. We're watching through One Piece and talk about it. We're at an incredibly scary part of One Piece where it's sad. Uh, Luffy's breaking into a prison where all the prison guards are dressed like Nazis and commit horrific, uh, torturing war crimes to um, the prisoners. It's, it's weird when you when you go to fiction for an escape. Uh, and then fiction just mimics real life. We just uh, hit our Patreon goal for two episodes a month, uh, which, if you listen to both these shows, thank you. Um, and I'm going to plug that Patreon right here because the next goal is funny. Uh, if we So the first goal is $100, we just hit that. If we hit the $420 goal, we will smoke weed with the main character of One Piece, Monkey D. Luffy. No okay, how I'll, we're going to accomplish that. Okay, I'm going to pay to find out. <laughs> I'll pay to find out. And then my other podcast, which I'm going to do episodes for soon, um, Citizen Hank, because King of the Hill, King of the Hill's cool. Cameron's on some episodes. Mm-hmm. I'll be on more, I hope. <laughs> I need to post and be like, hey, I, I should probably do more. <laughs> but what about you? Oh, me? Yes, I can be followed on Twitter.com at Cam Hambone, where I'm Cam Hambone. Let me say that right. Excuse me. Where I'm tweeting about video games and less wrestling these days, but more video games. And hey, the world's crazy. So I'm tweeting about how the world sucks and how we can help to make it better. You can follow me on Instagram also at Cameron underscore Allen underscore Jones, where I have a ton of resources on there for. Um, social reform, which we need on, on this whole planet. So if you're interested in that, which, uh, like, you know, even just go take a look if you are, it's there on my Instagram. Again, Cameron underscore Allen underscore Jones. Um, also, I have started doing some writing for a video game WordPress blog called TheInnerCircle.com. Uh, it, it is a collective of writers from around the world and a lot of uh, black writers from america who love video games we do a podcast uh usually every thursday at about 7 30 pacific 
on uh, Twitch.com. We're working on getting the YouTube channel back. Something weird happened there. But on Twitch.com, uh, I think it's uh, the Inner the inner Circle podcast. Um, we'll figure it out and put links in the description below this this episode. Um so if you want to if you want to follow that you can go to the innercircle.com see some of the articles I've I've written and I'm working on uh you can listen to the podcast and my thoughts on video games uh and you can follow that specific collective on Twitter at the in- t- 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 tick podcast I believe it is let me let me let me double check to get even though we're going to have links below let me double check to make sure I got that right Yes. At Tick Podcast, yeah. So I'm on there. I'm writing for them. Uh, so if you're interested in video games, that's where you can catch more of my thoughts on video games. So yeah, that's all I got. Oh, yeah, that's right. We usually do funny stuff at the end of these. It's been so long, <laughs> I, I forgot thinking, about that. Fuck, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? <laughs> I want to see the cat versus Kenny Omega. <laughs> Hey, Jory, have you ever watched the anime called One Piece? Yeah, Joe, I watch it for a podcast that we do. What? You know, we are watching One Piece. I started watching it so you could rewatch it, and then we talk about it sometimes. I have have no idea what you're talking about. Well, we don't do it super frequently. Once a month, the best. Did you forget? We analyze the story and discuss the show's themes, characters, compare it to other media, and how it provides an allegory for real-life politics and events. I, I must have forgotten. What, where can I listen to remind myself? You can listen at the Orange Groves Podcast Network or search for We Are Watching One Piece in your favorite podcast app. What's a podcast? Hello, you beautiful blood-sucking babes. I'm Sahana. And I'm Kat. And we're the hosts of Summer Twilight Book Club, a podcast where two dumb bitches with social work degrees reread the four horniest books of their teenage years. If you're at all curious about any of the following, this is the podcast for you. Does Bella Swan have a car crash fetish? Yes. I am telling you right now, the answer is yes. Does Stephanie Meyer understand healthy relationship boundaries? Has Bella Swan ever had a secure attachment in her life? How has Twilight impacted the societal and my personal conceptions of romance? Why does Stephanie Meyer Osahana and all other brown people reparations? Why is Edward Cullen so into edging? You can find Summer Twilight Book Club at theorangegroves.com or on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you access podcasts to find out.